If anyone can mess up the fight for freedom and decentralization, it's the government. Need more proof? Biden's nomination for Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen referred to cryptocurrencies as being used for illicit financing, and the markets responded with fear. At the same time, Joe's putting a halt to FinCEN's proposed crypto wallet regulations, which could be a good thing. Goldman Sachs is looking to enter the crypto custody arena. Craig Wright threatens people with words, and Travis has met his match when it comes to losing Bitcoin. Wait until you hear what a man who threw away a hard drive containing 7,500 Bitcoins in 2013 is willing to do to retrieve them. We've got some artsy stories as well, and we've got some fartsy stories. So breathe deep and enjoy all the artsy fartsy goodness on our Bad News episode number 480 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Connoisseurs of the fine arts and of the fine thoughts here at the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hello, Sir Lord Travis Wright. Are you feeling artsy or fartsy? Well, I've it's known throughout the land that I am one of the elite fartists in the land. Um, I, I also heard you are a boxer. Like, isn't your other name Gaseous Clay? <laughs> That should, that should have been one of your fart sounds. Was that one of your fart sounds? In I, the, you know, uh, I don't think it is. By the way, the the new version of iFart is out in the app stores now. And my understanding is just like methane, it's on the rise. Mm, I tell you what, that's why farts are on your brain. That's right. No, it's because I'm a guy. <laughs> the eternal <laughs> six-year-old. It's like, it's like, you know, when, we're, when you were little and you got in the tub and the bubbles would go. Yeah. When I wanted a jacuzzi, I had to find a tub. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. This is our weekly news roundup from the crypto, Bitcoin, and blockchain space. And we want to say thank you to our sponsor at eToro. And thank you to all of you who have claimed your $50 in free Bitcoin from the Bad Crypto Podcast. You know, eToro is a super popular app. They've got 14 coins that you can trade on there. They've got a copy trader functionality. They've got $0 commission fees and very competitive. If you guys want to check it out, if you're a U.S. citizen, especially want to check it out, as many in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia are, go to badco.in forward slash eToro, register a new account today, and you'll discover how easy it is to get $50 in free Bitcoin from Travis and myself. I sent out a lot last week. Basically, the way it works is you guys, when you follow the instructions, you send us an email with all the details. We forward that to the team who then in batch reaches out to eToro, usually takes anywhere from two to four weeks from us for us to get our responses back from them. And then we send out the $50 in Bitcoin to all the confirmed addresses. So join the rank of confirmed addresses, badco.in forward slash eToro. Sooner you do it, the sooner you get your Bitcoin, the sooner he goes to the moon. Trevor, are you eating a cookie? Um, I'm, I'm are you cookie, cookie monster. monster. You know, I'm uh, I'm using one of those cookie clicker things on my desktop. It's at ortail.dashnet.org forward slash cookie clicker. I'll put it in the show notes. And it's a total waste of time. And yet it's addictive. I am now 
baking 6.7 trillion cookies per second. <laughs> you know, this, this is what's cool about this is there's a uh, project we're going to be talking about coming up uh, in a couple episodes. I think maybe next, not this next Sunday, but the Sunday after where we're talking with Kurt Braggett about dust. And uh, dust is using some of the principles from Cookie Clicker where you can actually buy an NFT and that NFT will then allow you to earn more dust when you leave messages in the chat mining uh, rooms on Telegram. So pretty cool stuff. Well, that'll be a fun interview. And uh, we're a part of dust. We, we helped ideate some of that stuff. So it's pretty fun to see this stuff turn into reality. I don't know if it's next week or the one after, but it's coming soon and you guys aren't going to want to miss it. Meanwhile, the timestamp for the recording of this episode is the 21st of January, 2021, and it is 1.21 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So lots of ones, lots of twos. CoinGecko.com says the crypto market cap is $950 billion. Pull back, we'll explain why in just a bit. But Bitcoin currently sitting at 32,492. Ethereum, mostly undaunted, 1,230. Tether, $1. Polkadot, 1644 in the number four slot now. XRP down to number five at 27 cents. Cardano, 34 cents. Litecoin, 134.80. Bitcoin Cash, $440. Chainlink, $20.14. And rounding out the top 10, nice and round, 10s is stellar xlm 27.3 cents mm. and there's been some new entries on the top 100 with a bullet up to number 78 and it was up 158.4 percent this week the curve dow token crv another token that doing that's doing some nft stuff engine up 106 percent this week it's actually down a bit over the last 12 hours or last 24 hours, but um, this thing shot up to almost 50 cents and uh, now it's back down to 37 cents. They got listed on some big uh, Japanese uh, exchange finally. And that, uh, so that opened up some, a new market for them. Hedera Hashgraph up 96%, the graph up 50%, Polkadot up 49%, Near 48%, Ren 47%, Avalanche up 42 Uma, 34%. Voyager token up 36%. And that's a, a, a Uniswap's up about 30% too. Any other cool ones? Chainlink up 26% up to over $20 now. Damn. Privacy coins, the ones that taking the biggest hit this week. Zcash, Dash, Monero, all down in the area of 20%. Maker Celsius, Nano Synthetics, Blockstacks, and Bitcoin SV all down 13 to 17%. Other than that, uh, you know, still a pretty decent week, most of the cryptos in the green, but there has been a bit of a pullback. And the reason why, well, it's because Janet yelling. We're going to blame it on Janet. Janet's yelling at the sky. She's yelling at the cryptos. Who is Janet yelling, Travis? So Janet Yellen, she has been nominated uh, by Biden administration uh, for the Treasury Secretary and uh, she's been saying that cryptocurrencies are being used mainly for illicit financing. And uh, she thinks that Congress needs to act big uh, on it, potentially. Bigly even? Yeah, she's the former uh, Federal Reserve chairwoman. Yeah. And uh, I think what she was with the Bush administration, maybe, or with Obama. I'm not sure exactly which one. She's yeah, really she, old. She's, she's almost um, as old as Biden. She's, uh, she's uh, in, in the leagues with ResFeed. Yeah, she's she's a Resfedian. So imagine that 
breastfeed that's a that's a nod to the uh villain in blockchain villains and our blockchain heroes thing uh it's a character the villain number one which represents the federal reserve bank and uh so it's interesting that she comes out and says this and then the price of uh crypto start going down a little bit well that's gonna shake the hands you know uh, the weak hands out right and then institutions of course, in the same article, are still very bullish. So what's happening as people panic and go, oh, no, the government's going to make crypto illegal, sell, sell. And then what happens? Institutions come in and gather those up. You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback on last week's interview with the Blue Wizard. You know, who he is remains to be seen. But one of the things that he said that made a lot of sense is that as fearful individuals um, sell their Bitcoin that these institutions that are not fearful are going to come in and gobble them up and make it more difficult for regular people to get Bitcoin. And I have a feeling that's what we're going to see happen. Now, I call shenanigans on pointing out that, you know, cryptos can be used for illicit activities. Has she heard of this thing called cash? Right. Well, there's a reference to that. Great call, Sir Lord, Mr. Joe Com. But there's actually an article here that we we added into the show notes. You want no, to for, for this for this show, it's a farticle. That's, okay. Yeah, because okay. this is a fartsy show. Right, right, right. And it's a uh, right. Okay, great. So Chainalysis has done some serious research into this, and here's what they here's what they figured out. So. Illicit activities in 2020, the percentage of those that were spent on using crypto, 0.4%, not even 1%, 0.4% or 9 billion total in terms of volume are used by criminals, which is not even close to the majority. That's, that means 99.6% of transactions on crypto are not illegal, illicit activities. So we got to shut it down. We got to shut it down we now. We got to shut it down. It's almost, those statistics are almost as bad as, you know, the, the, the death rate of COVID. It's like 99.8% of people survive or something, but yet we got to shut down the whole economy. So 0.4% of crypto is used by criminals. So we need to shut it down, even though, Cash is king when it comes to criminals. But the man on the news told me we was going to die. <laughs> Damn that man on the news and that woe man on the news. And woman in the government us, says they be the telling us things that be getting us all afeard. Get all afeard, yep. So, uh, you know, shenanigans. Well, now, that's, that's the downside. The upside is that up until uh, the transition of power, the former U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin was talking about um, making regulation around having um, KYC for crypto wallets, like the government would have to know who's behind every wallet. And there was a memorandum that was released by Joe on his first day in office to say freeze federal regulatory process, including this proposed regulation by Steve Mnuchin. So... I don't know what that means. It could be good. It could be bad. Well, but at least say this, it does say this, that the, they're basically placing a general freeze on all agency rulemaking that's pending review. So it's a 60 day freeze. It doesn't mean that they're, he's just going to do away with it. Um, but this says we've, they've, the, the crypto insiders have said 
Well, especially the, the, um, the compound finance general counsel has said, we fought hard and earned the right to take a breath and reset. Janet Yellen is not Steve Mnuchin. I'm optimistic. Although Janet Yellen's talking about, how, she's yelling about how crypto's bad anyway. Everything's bad. Orange man bad, crypto bad, everything's bad. White people are bad. Old, <laughs> Everybody's old, bad. <laughs> old woman yells at the sky. Yeah. But, you know, here's what's going to happen. If they do create regulation in the United States, what's that going to do? It's just going to drive crypto offshore. That's all that's going to happen as a result of it. It's just, innovation will be leaving America. Yep. And America will be left behind. And that's where it goes. Now, this is this story here makes the cockles of my heart warmer to read because there was a whale that moved approximately 1.2 billion of synthetics tokens on the Ethereum blockchain from one place to another. And the transaction fee was $7.50. That was the gas fees? That's that's it. Now that's that seems, amazing. That seems really ridiculous to me. How is that even possible? Well, they must have waited for the moment, the exact moment, watched the transaction fees whenever they were at the absolute lowest to be I able guess. to do that. It says the transaction was confirmed within 30 seconds with a transaction fee of $7.50. And the article here on dailycoin.com makes the point that this shows the immense advantages digital assets have over the traditional banking industry, you know, from the files of no duh. That has to make bankers sphincters sphinct because like, you know, they're like, oh, damn, a billion dollars, seven dollars and 50 cent fee. Like traditionally, think of how big of fees that probably would have cost like to move a billion dollars. What do you think? Maybe a hundred thousand dollars or something ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know, they take a percentage. Yeah, for sure. Bankers bank, sphincter sphinct. It's true. <laughs> and just to stay on theme, harder's fart. So what's artists? Yeah, what's this all about? So uh, a Bitcoin gets physical. Is it art or is it digital heresy? There's an article on Coin Telegraph's magazine talking about these physical Bitcoins. They're a rarity and they're sort of like a Picasso or a Van Gogh painting were back in the day. Nobody realized how rare they were. This is those physical Bitcoins, those numismatic ones that actually had Bitcoin on them. And they were on a, they're on their own coin. And I think that, uh, that Bobby Lee was part of that. He owned a 10 Bitcoin coin since 2011. It was designed and he produced his own coins under the BTCC Mint brand until 2018 when China made him stop. And so they're saying that these physical Bitcoin, those are very rare. Not the chintzy ones that you get online that just look like a Bitcoin. Like, hey, it's a Bitcoin. It's like every time they show Bitcoin in a, you know, in a, in a news article, it's a stock image of a coin. But there's a few coins out there that actually had a QR code on the back, and those actually have value. Those actually have real Bitcoin in them, and those are rarer and rarer. The Casascius coin, right? Was that yes. how you pronounce it? Casascius? Casascius. Casascius. Thank you. Let's get physical, physical. I want my Bitcoin physical. Buying all Satoshis, stacking sats. Uh-oh, better add that song now. That was actually the first album I ever got. Olivia Newton-John? John, Let's Get Physical. Actually, I think it was a cassette. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what. She was the one that I wanted. She was hot. I, I, I watched Grease as a kid, and then I was like, what is this? In your oh, room, alone? Oh, man. <laughs> tell me about it, 
stud. <laughs> yeah. Well, check I'll tell out, you. That's, check this out, though. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can snap up one of these Casatius coins, a one Bitcoin Casatius coin from 2011 on eBay for $130,000. You can get a half Bitcoin from 2013 for 30000 that's crazy. And then there's even unfunded ones that don't have any crypto on them that are going for five grand. Huh. It just shows, Pete, you know, when time passes, things become more scarce and nostalgia creeps in. This is why, you know, here in the, the NFT space that we're playing in, it's still a nascent space and we're pioneering it. And in, in the NFT community, having, you know, 2000 of a certain card might seem like a lot, but when millions are collecting them 10 years from now, those are going to be super rare. I don't know which ones are going to be the ones that are in demand, but I have a feeling that you know, history tends to repeat itself and human nature doesn't change. So mm. collectors in the future are going to say, oh, I've got this original garbage pail kids pack from series one, you know, 90% of them have been opened or 98% of them have been opened. This is unopened. Yeah. Check this out. This is really cool. So, so Charlie Lee, the founder of, of Litecoin gave his brother gifted him in December of 2011, a 10 Bitcoin, Cassatius coin, paid about 50 bucks for it. And then now it's worth, what, $320,000 at least. And that's not even counting the amount of Bitcoins on it. Mm. That's crazy. Speaking of crazy, <clears throat> Craig Wright back in the news. Not that Craig's crazy. I don't know. I'm not inferring that. But the story is, you know, Craig has said that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. The gentleman we had on last week would debate that. We're also not saying that that gentleman was. He didn't claim he was Satoshi Nakamoto either. Nope, he didn't. But I imagine if Satoshi was around, he would have a bit of a Aussie accent. <laughs> Although that was more of like a British accent. But, you know, Craig Wright is Australian also. Mm. So maybe right. Satoshi is from down under. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe that's where they, they organized it. And they were a bunch of Aussies. Well, Craig is threatening two Bitcoin websites, and he is accusing them of stealing his white paper and other uh, intellectual property. Bitcoin.org and BitcoinCore.org received allegations of copyright infringement from Wright's lawyers. They said that Wright was the legal copyright holder of the Bitcoin white paper, that he owned the Bitcoin name and trademark as well as the two websites listed above. So there's right. that. What a douche. I mean, can I just say this? Douche. Can like, you imagine, like, Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he, she, or they are, mm -hmm. seems like they were creating something to benefit mankind. Right. I, I just, I would be so shocked and stunned to find out that somebody who behaved so horribly was this satoshi nakamoto yeah i mean and listen to the guy talk like he's not he's not friendly like we've had him on the show one time and then we wanted to chat with him again when there was some other issues that popped up and he was just very rude and and yeah yeah satoshi seemed to create something that was good for the world like look we're gonna free humanity from the slavery of fiat currency and central banks and and here's this guy who's like 
Hey, check out my white paper. Quit being a jerk. This is mine. I own the rights to it. Nobody owns the rights to Bitcoin now, folks. Okay? The hell? I do. It's mine. 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 All mine. Well, and goes, apparently. And I want you all to give me back all my Bitcoin, too, because I made it. and it's, You can't have it. You can't talk about it. Bitcoincore.org relented. They removed it in less than two hours. And the um, the idea here is now the the surrender will be weaponized to make new false claims as the Bitcoin core developers know that Craig Wright is Satoshi Nakamoto and that's why they acted in this way. Right. I don't know. This. If you are, if Craig Wright is Satoshi Nakamoto, wow. But I don't believe that for a moment. If Craig Wright anyway. is Satoshi Nakamoto, I'm Harrison Ford. You are? Dun, 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 dun. Man, dun, dun, dun. Yes, I starred in that film, Raiders of the Lost Fart. That's great. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give up on this. Like, this I started is this all way. day long. This is all day. Yeah. You got a lot of gas today. From this most, is, yeah, lots of fuel. A lot of hot air. Speaking of hot air, Goldman Sachs is full of hot air, and they are in, they're going to look at exploring the crypto market and then also looking to do some custody stuff. Now, we always say that. You don't want to necessarily offer your crypto to somebody else to hold, but um, there's an anonymous source within the bank, and we know how we trust these anonymous sources, but they say they're planning to offer crypto custody services, and uh, you know what? That would make a whole lot of sense for a big bank to want to do crypto custody because the next thing you know, they're going to be like fractional reserve banking with crypto and be like, yeah, we got like 56, we got like 56 million Bitcoin here, okay? We're going to loan out. Like, no, no, no. You're not going to do that because there's only 21 million. Oh, no, no. It's fractional reserve. So for every one Bitcoin we hold, we can loan out 10 Bitcoin. Hmm. Not sure how I feel about that. Well, they're not saying that's what they're going to do, but you just got to think if they're crypto custodians, what have they done with every other kind of banking property that they do? They, they, they've taken the, the price of gold has been, has been sort of suppressed. And instead of, you know, the real amount of gold they are, they create this paper gold and there's like hundreds of times as much paper gold as there is actual gold, hundreds of times of as much silver as there is actual silver. They try to manipulate these markets. And so I would think that if you put anything on Goldman Sachs as custodians, they're going to manipulate and, and lie about the amount that they have and try to loan out more than they have, because why wouldn't they? So I really like this new publication we found here, dailycoin.com, but they need to proofread because one of the subtitles says Goodman Sachs. I saw that. Well, that's so Benny is that, Goodman. Is that Saul Goodman? Yeah, it's, it's Saul Goodman. He's Saul. playing the saxophone. Man, I got to tell you, there's out of all of the shows that I've watched over the past few years that have come out, um, Better Call Saul is just amazing. It is so good. Is it? I've never, I watched like the first episode of it. And then I was like, Breaking Bad was so good that I didn't want to watch, you know. It's different. And there there are some who will say it's better. I don't know that it's better. It's different, but I would say it's equally good. And it's equally rewatchable because I've watched through season five twice now, all of it through season five. It's, wow. it's very well done. Uh, so anyway, it's all good, man. Let's move on with the news, Sir Lord Travis Wright, and let's talk about Tether 
because they are investing a million dollars in a new sci-fi strategy game security token offering a million bucks in infinite fleet hmm. infinite fleet is a game by samson mo and the star team of developers at pixelmatic game studios they did some stuff for age of empires 4 and homeworld and some other stuff and it's going to be the actual first massively multiplayer online mmo game that brings gaming and crypto together on a massive scale now i find that interesting but what one of the things that I, I, how does Tether make money? I mean, like it's like one to one, a Bitcoin is $1. And so we make a dollar, but they just basically just print them out. So they, do they sometimes just say, Hey, we printed out so many of them and now we're taking this many. Like how does, how do, I don't understand. How I think that would be a good subject for a show, Sir Lord Travis. Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't understand how Tether makes money legally because it's like it's like the printer go burb, you know, Bitcoin goes up and people want to convert their Bitcoin to USDT. They convert it to Tether. And there it is. The price of Bitcoin goes up. Price of Bitcoin goes down. Does the supply of Tether go up and go down? And then how does Tether as an entity make money, not create more Tether, but actually earn money? I don't know. It's weird because it's a dollar the whole time. I, I wish know. I could participate in the uh, this STO because I'm a big fan of the MMO uh games yeah. but of course not available to not to u.s residents only select uh, european countries only yeah i do like the games though i do indeed like the games and in fact speaking of the games sir lord travis Wright, chain games has three new games going on right now mm -hmm. they tweeted about it here this last week of course they started with super crypto cart but they have added a fully multiplayer mobile eight ball pool game where you can soon battle friends and foes for crypto and soon fiat. It's iOS and Android. So billiards it is. Chaingames.io. Big shout out to Adam Barlam and the team over there. They're doing some great stuff with it. And uh, I'm a big fan. People around the world beginning to wake up to the cryptos. Of course, all of us probably know somebody who's saying, hey, tell me about that they're Bitcoins and all that. There's a, uh, in Switzerland, stock exchange crypto trading volume set a new record high of $1.2 billion in volume. Uh, they enjoyed their best year in 2020 and highest ever transactions in 12 months. The exchange is SIX the Swiss exchange, that's their principal stock exchange and crypto trading volume is off the charts. Mm -hmm. And you know, Switzerland is a big financial country, right? There's a lot of economic stuff that flows through Switzerland. Well, including the world economic forum in Davos, which is in Switzerland. And so I think that when Switzerland adopts crypto more and more like they are, I think that's a great sign for the international financial space and crypto. Because the Swiss crypto market is growing. It's becoming more legitimate. There's now 34 exchange-traded products there with, with, the, with the, uh, the Swiss exchange. It gives them 100 different assets that they have access to. As Switzerland records a new milestone achievement in this crypto stock exchange, the UK has finalized the ban on crypto derivatives. And so the ban in the UK prohibits and forbids the sale, marketing, and distribution of CFDs. 
options, futures, and ETNs that reference cryptocurrencies to retail investors. So the UK is cracking down on some of those financial mechanisms that uh, could drive drive the price there. So they're kind of shutting it down. Swiss is opening it up. UK is being douches. What do you get? Crack down on the crackdown. You know, if they're all for crypto adoption, I'm for adoption too. You know, some people adopt children. Uh, some people adopt animals. I will adopt your crypto, right? If you need custody for your crypto, I am benevolent. I am thoughtful. I am empathetic. I understand the need for you to have me be in charge of your crypto. I'm not saying you'll ever see it again. If you give it to me, I will consider it you know, I'm going to adopt it as my own. Yeah, I would be a foster dad for your crypto. <laughs> I will raise your Bitcoin, your <laughs> Ethereum, and your shit coins. Check, our, check the show notes for our address. <laughs> Back on our shores, the mayor of Miami has hinted at the city planning to accept taxes in Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, you know what? There is the Miami Bitcoin Center there. And I would have to say that... And it's a it's a hub within Miami, uh, or as my dad would say, Miami. Miami. Um, uh, or, or my grandpa, I think my grandpa would say Miami, which means my mom would say Miami. Um, and so they got that they have the Bitcoin Center there, and and I think that a lot of events happen there, right? They've also we've also had the North American Bitcoin Conference in Miami uh, over the years, not so much in the COVID times, but you know we did have it last year. In, in January. And actually I came back from that and I got, I was sick after that. I think I might've gotten the COVIDs after that event. It was a year uh, ago that we were there. Yeah, it was over a year ago. And it was, it was, it was in between there and the event in, in uh, New York that we had for the NFT uh, day NYC. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Miami is looking to invest in cryptos. They're looking to take taxes in cryptos. And that's interesting is that there was some, some activity uh, with uh, with Pomp, Pompliano there, he actually tweeted out some stuff, and then the mayor of Miami got in, and then he, invert, he urged his followers to retweet if they would move to Miami if uh, Mayor Francis Suarez put 1% of the city's treasury reserves into Bitcoin. And less than an hour later, and 1,300 retweets, Mayor Francis Suarez said, definitely open to exploring it. And then the Winklevi. They reached out and chatted to, to the mayor, and now Miami is looking to create a regulatory framework for cryptos, and maybe maybe we should move to Florida. I'm all for moving to Florida, but I'm not moving to Miami, that's for sure. Hey, right. those of you who like Miami, great. You know, I've played Grand Theft Auto Vice City. You know, there's a lot of people getting run down and shot there. I right, and watch out for the hookers. They, they are vicious. <laughs> what a fun game. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is just... Like, seriously, Amazing. how is that game not cancel cultured? Because, like, you're picking up hookers, you're beating them up, you're doing drugs, you're running over people, you're shooting people in the face. Like, how is that not canceled? Oh, they they definitely get flack from some social justice warriors, but millions and millions and millions of people enjoy the game. Like, no, don't take and away so... our drugs and drive-bys and running over people and our crack <laughs> and our hookers. Stop. God. Draw the line. Also, San Andreas, a difficult place. Liberty City, also dangerous place to Don't be. Don't move any of those places. That makes sense. Let's hop back over the massive pond to the Middle East, where this article on Yahoo Finance says, Iran reportedly seizes 45,000 Bitcoin mining machines after an illegal operation 
was closed. Damn. ASICs. 45,000? Mm-hmm. They were mostly ASIC machines. That is a lot of Bitcoin mining machines. I bet somebody's very sad and heartbroken over that. But that's what happens when you're in a tyrannical place where the government basically controls and says what you can and can't do. Kind of like probably what we're becoming over time. Well, the reason that they're doing this is because they're saying that they're using illegally subsidized electricity from state-run energy provider Tavernier. So the machines have been consuming 95 megawatts, which is not gigawatts, per hour of electricity. And so they're basically leeching off the, the state energy, and they say that this could be why they're having blackouts across some of the major cities. Mm. I, I like the uh, the related stories on this article. Iran reportedly seizes 45,000 Bitcoin mining machines after closure of illegal operations. And the next related story, Iran reportedly seizes 45,000 Bitcoin mining machines. And then it's like several of those are the related stories. Oh, all, but it seems together. to me like it's probably the same story, you guys. Great job, Yahoo Finance. Yeah, Yahoo. So this story and all of the others that we're discussing on the show, you can find in our show notes. And if you want to go check all those out, you simply go to badco.in forward slash 480 badco.in forward slash 480 will take you directly to the place of the stories. So here we go on dailycoin.com. Ethereum might flip Bitcoin in 2021 and can COVID prevent it? This is crazy. It's talking about a flippening where Ethereum could overtake Bitcoin as the I call shenanigans. How is, how is that possible? Hmm. Is it because of DeFi? Is that, you know, Ethereum 2.0 is eventually coming. DeFi is here, but Bitcoin still has what? 68, 69% market dominance. We're so far from flippening. Well, we're so far from a flippening, but look at the market caps right now, right? So Bitcoin at the time of this article, Bitcoin was 676 billion. Ethereum was 154 billion. And so what happens if the price of Ethereum gets up to say $6,000. Then if the price of Ethereum is at $6,000 and Bitcoin was at the same price, which it's not because it's gone down from that, it could conceivably get close to the market cap of Bitcoin. Well, I suppose that's possible, but ultimately at the rate that Tether is producing, wouldn't Tether in the the long haul end up being the biggest market cap? Well, maybe what it's talking about is overall volume because in the 24-hour volume that it was talking about here, you know, Bitcoin had 50.9 billion in volume in the 24 hours, and Ethereum had 48.8 billion in 24-hour volume. So maybe they're talking about 24-hour volume. Mm. Ah, now that I could see happening because there are the the practical applications of DeFi on Ethereum. Right. And as the gas, if if Ethereum, if and when Ethereum 2.0 finally surfaces, eliminating, you know, these ridiculous gas fees, then a lot more um, tokens and um, smart contracts, they're built on Ethereum. Right. So just the volume. But in terms of the price of Ethereum, I don't see that flipping Bitcoin. But what the hell do I know? I'm not a financial advisor. I'm barely a podcast host. (laughs) No, no words from Travis. He's just kind of like, yeah, that's that's true. You are well, I'm gonna, I was going to throw something in there. I was going to do a chuckle and then like. 
Well, you, we may just be podcast host, but we are leading some stuff within uh, NFTs and within social tokens. And I think I think both of those are going to be a very big space moving forward and into the, this coming decade. And check this out. There's another music act that has is launching their own social token, Joel. It's Portugal the Man. Mm. And uh, they have uh, they have quite a few good songs, and they're actually going to create their own PTM coin. And um, so that's going to allow them to tokenize their fan engagement because bands can't tour right now because of COVID. And so there's a bunch of different crypto startups that are offering perks to fans that are willing to support their favorite artists. There's a bunch of cool shit that can be done with these social tokens and, uh, you know, access to different things. And so here's another band that's popping up doing some social token stuff. I have two things to say about that. First of all, I know exactly why this story is in here because our producer Aaron is a huge Portugal, the man fan. So mm -hmm. I'm sure the moment she spotted that she's like, Oh yeah, the boys got to talk about my band. So yeah. good, good job. Aaron two is our next episode. We are going to be revealing what we're doing with social tokens. And that mm -hmm. comes out Sunday, our interview with Bradley Miles of Roll, tryroll.com. So you guys don't want to miss that. Now, Portugal the Man, obviously not the only one. You know, sure. we've got rappers that are here in the space, and there's a rapper by the name of Little Yachty, Y A C H T Y, Little Yachty, son of Big Yachty. And uh, he apparently sold out in 21 minutes and 41 seconds of the Yachty social token, $15 each, which brought in $276,000. Mm, that's crazy. Now, another thing is there's another one, Little Pump. Like, uh, he's a, why are they all Lil? Why is it? Why? I don't know. It's like my, my daughter's name's Liliana, and so she's Lil. And so, like, I guess she's a little little, but um, but yeah. So the Gucci Gang guy, little pump, uh, he had a pump coin on the social money platform Fuse F Y O O Z, and little Yachty's doing this stuff. You know, there's some other ones that are doing some things, and it's interesting to see. You know, some rappers are popping in. Uh, another thing that's popping up that's really big is NBA Top Shot, which is a crypto platform for NBA highlights. So we're starting to see, you know, some some interesting groups popping in on crypto and becoming pretty bullish on it and the collectibles and social money and some of this other stuff. And so to me, like those those are the signs that 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 crypto is is unstoppable. You know, what is unstoppable, Travis? What's that? Well, when you lose your crypto, you can't, you know. You well, can't stop talking about it. I mean, you don't stop talking about your 55 <laughs> Bitcoin that you've lost. Yeah. I might but, have you're, but you're not lost, alone. I might have actually lost another half of Bitcoin. You're, you're not. Wait, you just lost another half of Bitcoin? I don't know that I have, but I thought I had an extra one in my, in my ledger. That I thought that I pulled over, but I was looking at my transactions. In my mind, I had an extra 0.5 Bitcoin in there, but I might not have. But. I thought I did. And so in my mind I have, but I might not have, but I think now I'm up to 55.5 Bitcoins lost. <laughs> Congratulations. And some altcoins as you. well. I mean, well, you're not alone. Uh, and there are people who have lost way more than you painfully, horribly to degrees unfathomable. If you had lost this much Bitcoin as is in the story we're about to talk about, 
um, you'd probably be not wanting to talk about it at all. There's yeah. a guy named James Howells. He's a British IT worker, and he mined Bitcoin for four years. Uh, in 2013, he threw away the hard drive that contained his wallet on it. That means at the time of this article was written, Bitcoin was at $37,000. So we'll just go with that. $275 million. Now that's worth trying to retrieve. Well, I'm trying to figure this out. So the dude mined Bitcoin for four years and knew he mined Bitcoin for four years because you just don't do something for four years and then you just forget about it and then like throw away your, your wallet. Like for me, I installed the Bitcoin blockchain. Well, here's the answer the right here. I mined it. And then I kind of said, cool, that was cool. But damn, this is making No, no, it's, it, it's in the article. He says he recalls throwing the hard drive away between June and August 2013, believing he'd already backed up the files that he needed. So he, he willingly tossed it. He thought he had his keys. Yeah. All I know is that I'm never throwing a hard drive away again. I'm going to have a <laughs> room full of hard drives. just going to encase them. And like, uh, uh, what do you call the Halliburton case, you know, and take it with you and put it on a handcuff it to yourself and carry it everywhere you go. So they got to saw your arm off right. if they want it. Don't yeah. saw Travis Wright's arm off. Impossible. They're like, look, I'll give you $70 million to help me find this. And so, and so it's in the dump. Put somewhere. It in the, somewhere, 2013. And now Bitcoin's worth a ridiculous amount of money, as you mentioned, about $275 million worth. And so he says, hey, Newport, Wales, how about this? How about we excavate the landfill site where I believe the hard drive might have been disposed and I will give you 25% or $72 million approximately. And we can distribute that to the local residents if we find my Bitcoins. And they said, yeah, no, thank you. That I don't understand that. You could have that much in your landfill there and they won't even talk to them about it. Well, what's say about, let me say about this. What if there was like a treasure chest full of $275 million worth of gold coins? You think they'd probably go and look for it then? I, I would think so. Yeah. Apparently, the spokeswoman for the Newport City Council said the city was not allowed to excavate the site because of their current licensing permits. Excavation itself would have a huge environmental impact, environmental impact on the surrounding area. Uh, digging up the landfill, storing and treating the waste could run into millions of pounds without any guarantee of finding it or it still being in working order. They're not, you know, they're not wrong about that. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. If you listened to the episode last week, which you should have, because it was interesting, but uh, according to that, the Blue Wizard said that there's about 4.3 million Bitcoin that are lost already. And um, that's a lot of Bitcoin. Because if you think about it, like, as he said, all the different conferences where people were just, hey, here's five Bitcoin on a QR code. And then all of those got thrown away and what and all these different like so much Bitcoin that never got claimed. Mm. It's sad. I wish I could go back in time. If I could turn back town. I am not adding that song to our playlist. No I would not how many times you go. sing it. If I'm gonna I would add save all my private keys and I'd buy a Lambo. If I'm going to add any share, it's going to be Sonny and Share. I got you, babe. In fact, this is my protest ad. This is the first time that um, we have addressed a song 
and I am not adding it to the playlist. But as a nod to share who was better when she was with Sonny, I am adding I Got You, Babe. Oh, it's already on the uh, the, the playlist. <laughs> what, if I could turn back time? No, uh, I Got You, Babe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how about we don't turn back time? How about we stay where we are right here and now because you have some words to say about one-inch exchange. And what's funny about this one is we kept moving it down a few inches to get to the right time where we could talk about it. And we probably moved one inch about 12 inches, which uh, is pleasing. That's what she said. So you want a solution to finding the best trade prices across all the decentralized exchanges. Check this out. Uh, One inch dot exchange. That's number one inch dot exchange. And this solution right here was built by two professional white hat hackers that uh, reached almost $7 billion in volume in a year and uh, they now allow their services in a very easy to use interface. That's one inch exchange. That's one inch dot exchange. It's a DEX aggregator. So it allows you to find the best prices across all the things. Check it out. Excellent. We appreciate all our sponsors and we appreciate all of you without them and without you. We would just be talking into the wind or farting in the wind, even hopefully downwind and hopefully you wouldn't be behind us. But if you are going to be behind us, make sure that you are subscribed and you tell a friend. Sunday's show is going to be epic. Bradley Miles from Tri-Roll. We're going to talk all about social tokens and we're going to reveal our token to you guys uh, on this show for the first time. And you're going to want to listen. I'll give you this hint as soon as the episode downloads, because those of you that are the faithful listeners you'll have a chance to be rewarded for being first to the um, the token. I really didn't mean to lose you. I didn't want to see you go. I know I made myself cry. Oh, if I could turn back time, I'd not lose my Bitcoin. I would instead, I would have saved it and bought Ethereum in 2015. <laughs> And then you would say, stay bad. I'd say, stay bad. And you would listen and tune in and subscribe and maybe leave us a review. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. And now it's time for a cookie break. Om nom nom. No have cookie. Travis love cookie.